We're seeing a domino effect. What started as a health outbreak quickly became a global pandemic. We're experiencing historic market slides. S&P 500 saw one of its steepest declines in history between mid-February and March. But luckily, diverse solutions and concepts are emerging in response to this crisis, and one of them is social bonds. Today, we're going to discuss social bonds and if they have the potential to perhaps save the economy. I'm here with Chris Wigley, Fixed Income Specialist and Portfolio Manager. Chris, welcome. Hi, thank you very much indeed for inviting me. Great. So, Chris, what are social bonds and how are they positioned to provide some help to our economy right now? So, uh, you may be familiar with uh, green bonds. And social bonds are the, the sister product to green bonds. They're very similar. Um, now, there is a, a global um, organization called the Green and Social Bond Principles who coordinate the growth of the green and social bond market. Uh, and essentially, in defining a social bond, there are four pillars, um, but two are the most important. They are mandatory. So first of all, a social bond has to disclose the use of proceeds. So when you normally look at a conventional bond at the prospectus, there's normally a page on use of proceeds, and it will just say for general corporate purposes. So investors don't know how the money is going to be used. However, with a social bond, the social bond discloses how the money will be used. It could be uh, for affordable housing, it could be for access to education, or it could be access to health as well. Um, now, the other key pillar for, for social bonds is that um, unlike conventional bonds, the issuer undertakes to report on a regular basis. It's normally uh, annually uh, and increasingly it includes impact reporting. So uh, this really strikes a chord with investors today, whether they be millennials or Generation Z or institutional investors. Increasingly, investors want to know how their money is being used. They don't want it to necessarily go for things like armaments or to tobacco uh, and other issues like that, but they do want it to go to, uh, for example, green purposes to fight climate change or for social purposes as well. Uh, so there is a, a key opportunity now with this uh, pandemic that's affecting all of us at the moment. Okay, so that's a clear understanding of what they are, and thanks for putting that in context of green bonds. Now, give us a bit more detail on how they can help us at this point. What should investors, institutional investors, look to do, use these social bonds to really help them with their investing um, in the middle of this crisis? So uh, we have a, a, a unique uh, position now. So something like 12 years after the financial crisis, uh, economies have been recovering, uh, but we're now faced with this pandemic. Uh, but unfortunately, following the uh, financial crisis, a lot of central banks are not in the strong position that they were 12 years ago. Uh, interest rates are very much lower than they were, uh, very close to zero in many economies. So it could be argued that the central banks are starting to, to run out of ammunition, which means that the markets uh, and individuals have been turning to governments instead. Um, but as we know, um, 
from the financial crisis again. Three years after the financial crisis, we had the sovereign debt crisis that really affected countries like Portugal, uh, Italy, uh, Ireland, uh, Greece, uh, Spain, for example. So um, countries have been very mindful of their debt to GDP ratio. So which really leaves everyone with a dilemma as to where do we turn next? Uh, and in actual fact, um, the, the global bond markets are in the region of about $100 trillion in size. So the recent program from President Trump amounted to $2 trillion, which is a, a very sizable amount. Uh, but of course, uh, it's much smaller than the $100 trillion that's available in global bond markets. And similarly, there's about $70 trillion available in equity markets too. Now, the, the social bond product is a way of actually channeling those funds into projects that can really help us right now. Um, so, as I say, the social bond product discloses the use of proceeds. And that use of proceeds could be, for example, to fund uh, vaccine programs, or it can help with economic recovery as well. So, and can we discuss specifics? I mean, what countries are really, what countries and what supranationals are really working on this right now? Who's doing it well and what are they doing? So, the, the social bond market is around about 14 years old now. The first social bond was issued in 2006, uh, significantly by a, a supranational uh, called IFIM, or the International Financing Facility for Immunization. So this was a supranational backed by countries like Britain and France and Sweden and the Netherlands, for example, uh, to actually fund a vaccine program, in this case, um, uh, helping children in Africa. But the, the key thing is here that IFIM have the history and the expertise of issuing social bonds into the market to fund this program. And of course, we're faced with a very severe pandemic now. Um, so that's um, uh, one element of the social bond market. As I say, it's about 14 years old, uh, and there are other issuers who have come to the market as well. Uh, another example is the Inter-American Development Bank, uh, of course, AAA rated. Uh, they've had a product for a number of years. Uh, specifically, they call it an I-bond or EYE, and the EYE there stands for Employment, uh, uh, Youth and Education. So you can see the sorts of projects there that uh, the funds can be used for. And it's not just um, these issuers, there are other issuers as well. For example, uh, IFC, who are part of the, the World Bank, also the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development, uh, and other supranationals too. Right. So, and I. Oh, please. Uh, sorry, I was just going to say that in total, uh, the size of the market is uh, in the region of about uh, $50 billion or so and growing. Okay, great, great. I'm really curious um, to talk a bit about the, the so-called COVID-19 bonds. I know that the African Development Bank is participating in the Fight COVID-19 bond. I really would like to get your thoughts on, on what that consists of and if we see those types of bonds specific to this specific outbreak really emerging. Yes, this is, this is really interesting because uh, we have, as we said earlier, a unique challenge and the supranational banks are, are rising to this challenge. So just in recent days, we've had news uh, that uh, banks are actually looking to launch. 
Uh, and there is one, as you mentioned, the African Development Bank that was uh, uh, came to the market uh, yesterday. Uh, so this was uh, $3 billion in size. It was a three-year bond with a 0.75% coupon. And here, the, the money was specifically going to be used to create conditions for economic uh, recovery uh, following the COVID-19 virus. Uh, it's to support uh, and, uh, and to finance countries um, uh, with their um, uh, the business uh, fight, really, against COVID-19. And similarly, it's not just the African Development Bank. Uh, we've also had news that the Inter-American Development Bank, too, is going to launch a COVID-19 bond. Uh, again, here, uh, it's probably going to be a five-year issue. And again, they, they're saying that this is going to, to help countries um, uh, in Latin America and the Caribbean cope with the challenges posed by the pandemic. So supranationals are rising to the occasion. It could be an important source of funds uh, going forward. And in terms of what the funds are, decide, are designed to do and taking this one specifically, uh, fighting the most urgent needs in terms of medical equipment, drinking water, things of that nature, how can, how can people see the real effects, um, as well as institutional investors and individuals, see the real effects of what can happen as a result of having these types of social bonds in the market? What is the end result? So um, we can perhaps um, look at the challenge facing us in, in four stages. So, so one is actually uh, try, uh, treating uh, people who are sick and trying to reduce the risk of infection. The second stage is uh, business continuity. Uh, a third stage is to uh, deliver a vaccine. And then a fourth stage is to uh, deliver economic recovery. Uh, now, the first stage, the most challenging we're hearing around the world uh, is the uh, provision of testing kits, of masks, uh, of uh, ventilators uh, and of oxygen. And there's no reason in, in theory why social bonds shouldn't be able to fund uh, those programs in some way. For example, helping uh, factories repurpose themselves uh, for this production. And this might actually call for some uh, social bonds to be issued by corporate. Uh, another stage is uh, business uh, continuity. So here, um, supranational banks may be able to assist economies in uh, continuing their economies while we go through uh, this peak of infections. Uh, a third stage is delivering a, a vaccine uh, at scale. And I mentioned earlier the International Financing Facility for Immunization um, now, as I say, they have experience in issuing uh, social bonds or vaccine bonds to fund the program. What we're going to be faced with when a vaccine is eventually available is it needs to be in sufficient size and then it needs to be delivered to uh, the population uh, at speed. And conceivably, it's possible that uh, IFM may be able to scale up their role in this respect. And then fourthly, we talked about economic recovery. This is very important. We're, we're hearing uh, that uh, purchasing managers indexes are, are plummeting. Uh, we've heard recently that Singapore's GDP uh, had fallen uh, more than 10%. Uh, the forecasts are for a significant decline in GDP amongst global economies. Some economists are talking about a deep recession uh, or even a depression. So economic recovery is going to be 
crucial. And here I think um, not only social bonds, but green bonds can play a key role in that economic recovery. So, for example, uh, green bonds can help in terms of green infrastructure. There is a need for more uh, green transportation to be built. There's, going to, there's a need for more renewable energy in terms of solar parks uh, and, uh, uh, and wind farms, for example. And this is all called green growth. There's also social bonds can assist with social infrastructure as well, because um, it's also going to be needed, uh, particularly in developing countries, to have um, the installation of, of sewers, um, greater access to drinking water, uh, better sanitation, for example. Uh, so these are projects that social bonds can fund too. So in the economic recovery stage, there's a key role that can be played by both social bonds and green bonds. So, Chris, we've talked about the transparency that social bonds provide. We also talked about talked about what we've learned from the financial crisis that took place over a decade ago, and also what social bonds are delivering. We've talked about that and how they can support economic recovery with these very timely examples. What are the top three focus points that an institutional investor should think about when considering if social bonds are the right um, the right tool for them, for their portfolio? Well, as you say, um, uh, some key elements are the transparency of social bonds uh, and also the impact of social bonds as well. And these are the two additional things that social bonds provide um, uh, compared to a conventional bond. Um, social bonds uh, should yield the same as a conventional bond from the same issuer because the credit risk is the same that the investor uh, gets something additional. That's the transparency and the impact. So it's a, a win for investors. We also have to bear in mind it's a win uh, for issuers as well, because by issuing social bonds, they're also increasing their investor base. Um, but it's also uh, a win in the fight against this pandemic. So we could say it's a win-win-win situation. But uh, in addition to all this, um, what I would note is that um, uh, going into this crisis, uh, credit spreads were relatively tight in the region of about uh, 100 basis points uh, for the US dollar corporates. And since then, they've widened out significantly to about 400 basis points. Uh, and that's the widest they've been since the financial crisis. So it's possible to say that, relatively speaking, uh, credit uh, or corporate bonds um, and in this case, social bonds uh, offer more value than previously. Uh, but as a second point is that during this crisis, uh, economists are forecasting, unfortunately, that there will be earnings downgrades, uh, there will be credit downgrades, and unfortunately, there will be some credit defaults as well. So uh, the risk out there is forecast to increase. Uh, now, uniquely for the social bond market, it's very much dominated by subnational banks that are AAA rated and, and AA rated. Uh, and so the credit risk is lower there. So um, we can say that uh, social bonds issued by subnationals um, may be said to be relatively uh, attractive in terms of credit protection. Uh, and the, the third point uh, we can highlight here is that 
uh, with the forecast scenario of a deep recession or depression, uh, there may well be more uh, volatility in risk assets. Uh, and that means that uh, asset classes such as bonds, including social bonds, uh, may play a key role in investors' portfolios in terms of uh, lower volatility or a safe haven uh, in financial markets in this time of uncertainty. All very good points. Lower credit risk, potential lower volatility. Chris, thank you so much for your insight on social bonds and thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much indeed for the invitation. We invite you to subscribe to the Refinitive Sustainability Perspectives podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your content. What did you think about the podcast? Leave us a review on iTunes or follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter for updates on our show. Thank you for joining. See you next time.